Welcome to the Fit and Fierce podcast, a show to inspire and empower you and remind you that we're all a little messed up and that's okay. I'm your host, Megan. And in my personal journey, I realized that the fiercest thing I ever did was to ask for help. I no longer wanted my story to rule me. I was going to own it and share it. And throughout each one of these episodes, I want you to remember that being flawed doesn't make you less. It makes you more. Strong, healthy, empowered. This is the tagline that Shannon Rose uses on her Instagram. And as soon as I read it, I knew, yep, she's one of the fit and fierce tribe. She is going to fall in very nicely with everybody. We got to chat today about her incredible journey with her health, talking about losing her identity after having her babies, talking about the steps that she took to regain that, and the new path that she's going to go on as she is getting ready to explant her breast implants. It's extremely fascinating and extremely powerful. Passion is the definition of who Shannon is, whether it's her own life or her desires to help other women, it's her true blessing and her true gift to the world. Her journey is inspirational to so many other women. It's motivating. It's having them get back to hold their power because she knows that that is exactly where life lies. Not only is she an amazing soul, she has a wife, she's a mama to a five-year-old and a two-year-old, she's an online entrepreneur, and she is light. Hello, Shannon. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. This is one of those crazy ways where I adore social media and am fully on board with it. Shannon messaged me and we connected on Instagram and it was like, let's do a podcast. Like we have no idea really the snapshot of who we are, but let's roll with it and see what happens. Isn't social media beautiful? It is. (laughs) It really is in that way. I just, I never would imagine that we would be having a conversation and you are at, tell everybody where you are at right now. So I'm an Australian uh, and we live in the Italian Alps. So, and I am here in middle of winter, Midwest, United States. So this beautiful connection that happened, I love it. Isn't it? It's just absolutely amazing. Yeah, it is. It's really, truly beautiful. So why don't you let everybody in on who you are, Shannon? Well, my name's, my name's Shannon. I, I love to go by Shan. Um, I'm a mama of two little ones. So my youngest is two in four days Mm. and Millie is five. And I, well, my background is strength and conditioning and nutrition for optimizing female hormones. And so we, we actually used to own a gym back in Australia and, uh, and we sold that gym, um, going on like two and a half years now. And we, my, my husband is actually, um, well, he's not my husband. Can I be totally transparent? <laughs> but, but he is my husband. You know, we have two children. We live in a different country, like all the things. It's that's just an easier way to say it. I love that. I love that. Yes. Yeah. So, um, 
so yeah, so yeah, we 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 sold the gym, and he said to me, he like looked at me. I was currently six months pregnant at this time with Harry, and he looked at me and he said, like, where do you want to go in Australia? And I said, I don't know, but I don't want to. You know, I don't really want to stay here. I want to go spread our wings. We've sold the business, and uh, he said, how would you feel about going to Austria? And I was like, okay, sure, let's do it. I've never been to Europe. <laughs> I'm six months pregnant. You know, we've got a three-year-old. Let's just go and see what happens. And, um, and now we live in Italy. <clears throat> that is incredible. I love listening to people's <laughs> stories like that who are so – you and your husband are the type of people I aspire to be. Like, let's just shake up our whole entire world with a six-month pregnant wife and a three-year-old and let's move totally somewhere new. Yeah, and, like, you know, not – you know, not from Australia to New Zealand because they're neighboring countries. But, hey, let's go to Europe. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, yeah, it, it was it was a, like to be honest with you, being six months pregnant with a three-year-old, the first few weeks were um, – the first few weeks were good. And then we hit Christmas and Christmas was good. And then we had New Year and that was good. And then January set in and I was like, holy shit, I'm having a baby in two months' time. I can't fly anymore. Um, like where, where, where staying? I'm having this baby here in Austria. And that was kind of when reality set in. And, uh, and it was, I don't want to say it, but it was almost like a slap in the face. Um, I, I questioned a lot of, you know, like where things were going and how it was going to turn out. And I wasn't sure. And, it was it was before my inner journey actually happened. It was before my transformation happened. Um, and and I, you know, by sharing my story, that's that's really what I want to dive into today is to to share what happened for me. Well, let's hear it. I love to hear even just words of inner journey. And let's let's dive in. What's Shan's story? Uh, so. My, my childhood, so I know that a lot of your listeners, they, they struggle with body love and acceptance and, you know, mastering their mindset and how that really plays a pivotal role in their, if it's a fitness journey, a health journey, a relationship journey, like whatever your journey might be or where you're currently struggling, your mindset really is the pivotal piece. It offers perspective and your perspective is everything, right? Mm -hmm. And so I grew up bullied. I was overweight. I struggled with worth issues for my entire life. Um, when I was 21, and it's, it's kind of funny, and I'll give you like a little bit of like a piece of this, is that I was in that space when I was 21 that I thought the only way to make myself acceptable or to be loved um, or to really have deep connection. And the reason that I really want to mention this right now is if there are mums listening and you have a young daughter, um, is that I am now 32 and I'm suffering from breast implant illness. Mm. And I, I had the implants put in when I was 21 due to self-worth issues, not loving my body, not even knowing who I was. And I think that was that was the hardest part and that has been the hardest part of 
what has happened for me in the past two years. I was just going to ask, um, can you just fill everybody a little <clears throat> bit in on breast plant, breast plant illness? Yeah, so, so breast implant illness, uh, basically, I, I've just found out that I, getting in touch with a surgeon in Australia, um, I actually have the worst implant implants in so they are cohesive silicon gel implants and every implant regardless of whether you have a saline implant or a silicon implant it still has a silicone coating so the basically your body it's a foreign object and what happens is it creates a capsule your body creates a capsule to protect itself um, around the implant the unfortunate thing is that that capsule is not it's not fully contained. So if there's a rupture in the implant, the silicon can migrate. And that is where the biggest issues happen is that there are women who are suffering from silicone in their lymph nodes, um, in, in their liver, in their, like in every part of their body, the silicon can actually migrate. So there is currently a very big movement happening because we are not told that we're told that they're safe. We're told that, you know, there is nothing to worry about. And I was given a lifetime guarantee. And for the last, really for the last 12 months, I noticed the symptoms. And then six months ago, my symptoms have been progressively getting worse. Mm. So um, the capsule that surrounds the implant it is full of toxins. And so those toxins are being released into our body. And of course, you know, it's autoimmune issues, it's gut problems, it's skin and hair issues. There are women who are losing their hair, who have unexplained rashes. Um, you know, mine is, mine is autoimmune um, and very severe dry eyes, blurred vision. That's what I'm suffering from. Um, and in the last two months, I, the pain and the heat within my breast is getting progressively worse. So I believe it, your body gets to a point where, like, for example, for myself, and I can't speak for anybody else, you know, this is, this is my experience. Um, but I believe your body will get to a point where, you know, it can't cope with it anymore. And so I believe that's, that's why my, my, my symptoms are getting worse and that I have chosen to obviously explant because of my health and I have two young children and, and, and through the body love journey, which is what I really want to share with you guys, um, is that it's not, it's not about aesthetics anymore. I know who I am. I'm certain of who I am and the shape of your body, the strength of your body, the size of your body, it doesn't matter. But if you know who you are and you're confident from the inside out, that's literally all that matters. Oh, that is just, it needs to be everybody's mantra and things that we tell ourselves over and over and over again. I so fully believe in that. Yeah. And, and the, the hard part is, is that as we grow up, we're not taught this. We're not educated on emotional health and well-being. We are, we're taught to, you know, we're taught the competition. We're taught the judgment. We're taught, you know, and we see it on social media that, you know, if it's not Instagram worthy, then you're not worthy. Mm -hmm. 
And I believe that this really is the root cause of, of so many body image issues, you know, eating disorders, self-harm, suicide even. It's, um, it's, I mean, it's a really big issue. And I'm glad that people are starting to be a lot more open about talking about that and really sharing experiences, Shan, like you are with your breast plant illness and just in general, really reminding people that Instagram or whatever platform of social media that we are on, that's a highlight reel. A hundred percent. They're edited, you know, whether it's an edited picture or it's just, you maybe had an argument and then you put a fake smile on and captured a next shot. Like nobody knows the true inner workings of anything that's going on when we just get a glimpse of somebody's very nicely photoshopped picture that they're posting. A hundred percent. And, and it's what, it's one of the reasons that, um, you know, I actually am like, if, if you, you know, if any of you ladies, you go and look at my feed, like I talk about sex, I talk about, you know, my body. I talk like, I actually share, you know, I fell pregnant on the pill with, with Nick, you know, there is pieces of my journey that I really am a hundred percent transparent with. And especially when it comes to, um, you know, my body image issues and, and those kinds of things. And the, the mind drama that I experience and that every single person experiences, um, in regards to so many issues that we face in our life. And I think that through that transparency and sure, like, I mean, you know, I do put a filter on my photos. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it, it brings people to the feed. Mm -hmm. It brings more attention to, um, you know, you're out there and you are competing with, you know, you, you are competing with fully photoshopped photos. So, um, you know, it's the the nature of the beast. It's uh, exactly, you know, you fall prey to it and you do, but you're honest and open in the verbiage that you're posting on those pictures. Exactly. And I will always be, and I have been praised for my transparency. And I believe that that is a really big part of the connection. Well, I hope it is that I'm creating is that like my highest intention is to be a, be a human and to be relatable and to share my journey in the hope that it inspires other women into action. And that, that's really, you know, the, the whole intention behind it. And she is very good at what she does. Instagram people, if you do not follow her, you have to go and check her stuff out. It is a beautifully curated page. It's so funny. It's not curated. But it does. (laughs) It's gorgeous. I was looking at it. I was like, oh my goodness. Like this girl is inspiration on what I want to post and how I want to post. It's beautifully done, which again, catches my eye. And then I actually read each and every one of those posts. And I was like, wow, now I love her. I was drawn to you. And now I love it because it's so authentic and raw and real. Thank you. I love that. And I'm so appreciative. I really, really appreciate that. So you're at 21, you were in this pivotal space of now what? Yeah. Yeah. And, and my journey was my body. It was like, it was always, you know, how much more exercise could I do? How much less can I eat of any kind of carb? Mm Mm-hmm. How can I look this certain way 
to feel like I belong, to feel like I am making a difference and that I am getting the attention that I really wanted. And really I was searching for, you know, I was, I was hunting down external validation because the internal validation was not there. And Sorry, Goat. <laughs> I was going to ask, did you ever find that external validation without the internal validation being there? I think there were pieces to it. And so I did, I survived, mm-hmm. but this is what happened. So I, so I went through life up until this pivotal moment. So we had a gym. I was very, very focused. You know, my, like my mantra was my body is my business card. I was very fit. So I had Millie and I trained, she was, um, so she was a surprise. I was currently studying exercise physiology at university and I fell pregnant with Millie. Total surprise. As I said, I fell pregnant with her on the pill Mm. and my world got turned upside down. And I, you know, I vividly remember even one of the things that I said to Nick at that time was, I promise I won't get fat because I was Mm. afraid that he wouldn't love me if I did. And it's, it's, you know, like every time I backtrack, obviously the emotions come up because, um, you know, it's, it's, it's my journey. It's who I am. But so I had Millie, I trained, um, four days before she was born and I, she was two weeks overdue. Oh my goodness. Um, and so I had Millie, you know, it was a beautiful birth, two and a half hours, absolutely, you know, epic. I was back in the gym four weeks later, all of the things. And then I actually became my fittest after Millie. And, um, I was, I was even more focused on the aesthetics, um, after Millie was born. I can't tell you why I'm not sure exactly why I, I don't know if it was, and this is probably some more in a work I need to delve into, but you know, if it was something I had to prove, like I was a mom and I could do it all. Um, and so then I fell pregnant with Harry and, uh, and then reality hit. I, I had placenta previa with him. And so if you, if you don't know, if you're listening and you don't know what that is, it's where the, the main part of the placenta, basically it, it's, um, it's covering the cervix. And so at 18 weeks, so I trained up until this time. And then at 18 weeks I had a scan and they saw that the, that part of the placenta, I'm not entirely sure what exactly, like what piece of it it is, but that, that part of the placenta was fully covering my cervix. Which meant that if it continued to stay there, I would not be able to have a natural birth. It would mean a cesarean or, you know, other kinds of intervention during the labor. And I was not, you know, I was, I I obviously wanted to do everything in my power to not have that happen. I wanted to birth naturally. And so, you know, they said no impact, you can walk, you, you, there's no more handstand (laughs) pushups. There's, there's, yeah, there's no more cleans or deadlifts or creating any kind of internal pressure. And so basically my world pretty much turned upside down at that point. And I ended up gaining 33 kilos with Harry's pregnancy. So you guys are in, uh, 
so you're an imperial, right? Pounds. That's like it's like seventy. Yeah, it's like seventy pounds. So it was a lot <laughs> for somebody. It's a lot, and not especially for somebody who is so fit and active and yes, into their body at that point in time. A hundred percent. So it was. It was at that point that I gave birth to Harry. Um, in Austria, foreign country, didn't speak much English through the birth. And I don't know if it was the next day after he was born or it was like 48 hours later. And my, like Nick actually brought me in some new clothes into the hospital. And I put them on and I couldn't fit in them. Hmm. And it was at that point where I, there was this really big disconnect between my mind and what I saw in the mirror, mirror and reality. And it was as though I, and I didn't accept this until probably three months later, but I had body rejection. Like I fully went through this space where I had rejected my body. I didn't connect with what reality was I was living in my mind of who I was two years ago and as such it was this I found a very big disconnect in my entire life so connecting with my daughter Millie connecting with Nick I found myself back in postnatal depression um so I had I had elements of postnatal depression after Millie was born um and so it was this really big journey. And so, and so we went to Australia when Harry was four months old and there was a defining moment and it happened with my father. And so my entire life I was showing up from a space of, you know, like my body was the way people connected to me. You know, they were in the gym and, you know, I had the body that they aspired to so I would have a connection. But it was almost like I had a power because of the body that I was in is this making sense it's making total sense it's extremely fascinating to hear you explain it this way oh I'm so glad it's making sense and so when I went through this this you know this period of denial I had my power taken away and I had the I I had no ability rather to connect with my husband. Um, I felt like I couldn't connect with Millie. Um, and the way I was being, I almost can't describe it. It was, it, it, it's indescribable, be, indescribable because it wasn't the me I knew back when I had the body, right? Cause that's all I knew. And it's definitely not who I am now today. It was like this. Almost, I felt like I was in a parallel universe. And so we were in Australia and we were staying at my, my family's home. And my parents don't agree with the way that we parent. <laughs> so if there's any, I know that this will probably, yeah, like. <laughs> so there's already going to be interesting situations <laughs> in this place already. <laughs> Oh yeah. And so I was, you know, there was, there was anyways, there was a, there was an argument 
And it was in that very moment that it was like time stopped. And my father, who I, you know, I absolutely love and I've come to terms with who he is and I'm at peace with that now. And so it's easy to talk about, but I'm telling you, it, it, it was not easy. It was about 11 o'clock at night. I'd finally rocked Harry off to sleep and this massive blow up where I saw every single thought, negative thought in myself, the way I spoke and showed up to my relationships with, with Nick, with Millie, the defensive behavior and the blaming and the shaming, it all came out in the way my father was speaking to me. And like, in all honesty, it was like time stopped. And it was after the tears and the arguments. And I tell you, I basically was transported back to a 12 year old and I couldn't speak, you know, like I was in, I was in tears. It was, it was the most horrendous experience. I love him, but (laughs) I wish he would do some inner work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, um, about 12, 30 in the night, I said to Nick, we've got to pack the kids up. We've got to get out of here. And he said, no, we can't. Like, we can't do that. Like, we're better than that. We're not going to run from this. You know, you're better than that. You're stronger than this. And so in the morning, we packed the kids up, though, and we said goodbye and we left. And we didn't see them before we came back to Europe. And when I came back to Europe, I cut ties with my parents obviously there are pieces to that puzzle that I, I haven't totally of course. You know, um, shared. Um, and uh, I began my personal development, acceptance, acknowledgement. I realized that I'm not a body. I'm a fucking multidimensional woman who has so much more to give and I began my body love journey. I started with mirror work. So if there's anyone out there right now who does not love their body and you're trying to change it from a place of hate, because that's where I was. We got back to Europe and I was like, right, I'm back in the gym. I'm not going to eat this. I'm going to do fast. I'm, you know, like I knew how I could get skinny again. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't the skinny. It was just losing the weight and feeling like I was worthy. And I did some energy work. And this, through the energy healing, um, I was encouraged to deal with the bullying that I was experiencing during when I, like, when I was at high school, um, to deal with the promiscuous behavior that was happening from, you know, age 18 as to why these things were happening. And I understood finally, my God, that I've forever been searching for external validation and I have never felt worthy. And uh, instead of going to the gym, I, I started coaching with, you know, with a coach and I continued to do energy healing work. And I did a lot of shadow work at that time. So really diving into my, the shitty thoughts that were buried in my subconscious and finally acknowledging them. And at the same time, I was doing mirror work. So Actually standing naked in front of a mirror, looking at myself in my eyes, looking at my legs, looking at my stretchy belly, looking at my arms and the fact that, you know, there was no muscle tone. I was, you know, and, and finally 
and it didn't happen overnight as well. So if anyone's, anyone's listening and like, I would highly recommend mirror work beyond anything you do is to finally look at yourself in the raw naked version that you are and love yourself in entirety. It's not going to happen in the first session. You're going to have to do it probably for a few months. Like, I'm not going to lie. It's like you, you know, when you, I don't know if this is ever, because I don't know your story, Megan, but I would love to know what it is. Um, You know, I used to, if I wasn't feeling good, I would get out of the shower and I wouldn't look at myself. You know, you'd sort of catch glimpses behind the towel, but you wouldn't really acknowledge it or you wouldn't really show it gratitude or you wouldn't really like it's it's just your body okay so it is I'm just going to walk past it or there's a negative thought like you know my butt looks big today or you know okay maybe I'll go for an extra run today or whatever the thought might be like have you ever had that oh most definitely definitely have been a person who has avoided the mirror when I knew that if the dinner that I ate the night before made me a little more bloated or if the scale was up a pound, then I was not going to look in the mirror that day because that was just this huge reminder of yeah, how much I hated my body. Like I was just going to ignore it and not look at it because it was too painful to see at that point yeah. in time. And it like, it, oh, seriously, I don't want to cry. I was doing so well not crying. But just listening to you say that, it breaks my heart. And I, and I know that there are so many women out there who deal with that pain every single day still. And it's, I mean, that, that's why now I do what I do. Um, and yeah, you know, like I really want to recommend mirror work. It's so fucking powerful when you finally just stare yourself in the eyes and I'm telling you, there's going to be a lot of, lots of tears. <laughs> um, but getting to that place of actually accepting and really seeing yourself that is where you can start to uh, develop your neutral thoughts. And from the neutral thought space, you can, and I know you probably don't believe me now if you're not in this space, but you can finally build positive thoughts. And that's where the body love starts to really happen. It's so funny you say that, you know, if you don't believe me, that can happen because that is something that when I was beginning my journey and really listening to women talk about similar, I've never heard it called mirror work, but I love that term, but similar ways of affirmation and looking yourself in the eye and telling yourself you're beautiful. I really, really thought those women, I was like, you're nuts. And this is never (laughs) like you're on crack. This is never going to be possible for me. And it's, it took so much practice. It took so much work. But it mm-hmm. really, truly can be that way. Like, I was like, oh, finally one day I was like, they're not crazy. Like, they know what they're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Now, here's the trick with affirmations. So, um, and, and kind of like building the positive thought work. You, you can't just jump from a negative space to a positive space. There has to be that like bridging. You have to bridge the gap, right? But if you are trying to use affirmations without action, like it's going to take you a shit ton more time to get to where you want to get to, but you can reaffirm it and cement that new affirmation and that new belief 
if you couple it with an action that supports the affirmation. Does that make sense? Totally. You have to put your money where your mouth is and you cannot, I believe in you can rewire your brain, but you cannot trick your brain into, you cannot say one thing and do something that is totally polar opposite of that. Your brain and your body knows the difference and it will not believe what you're saying unless you are changing your actions. A hundred fucking percent. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, so that was kind of like where I got to and then, and then began the body love journey and then began, began the really hard part of unpacking and recognizing the shitty thoughts that I was having that was creating a void in my relationship the behaviors that was affecting the way I was parenting, um, the actions, you know, towards myself and towards everybody else. And that was the really confronting part. Like we really are, you know, if things are never going your way, if there's always people cutting you off in traffic, if your husband's never taking out the garbage and that's pissing you off or your children are constantly, you know, it's never convenient that they're crying or like whatever is going on or you can never lose weight. I really want to invite you guys like this was the pivotal moment and the slap in the face that I really needed. Like we are the common denominator. I'm the common denominator in my life. You're the common denominator in your life. And it's when we can fully take hold of that and recognize that and have the courage to go to that vulnerable space to recognize the shit that is holding you back. That's when things shift. That's when things change. And it's not an easy ride. I spent... I remember the back into 2017 leading up to Christmas, including Christmas day, fucking the three days after it, it was absolute. Um, it, it was a roller coaster of emotions. So I was currently in this shadow work phase where I was diving into all of these pieces and there was sadness, there was anger, there was resentment there was so many questions like why, 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 why? But the answers finally came and I did realize that, you know, okay, well, through this work, I get to take my power back, you know, my power back. I get to love my body. I get to move from a space of love. I dropped the, you know, I dropped all the weight as soon as, you know, the love was was there and it was forming and it was, and as it was building, I would shift more weight. I would get stronger and it was freaking phenomenal and actually as of today which I'm so excited about I started I was able to run again today oh what a Um, good day yeah it was absolutely brilliant I was running on the treadmill I was like wow I'm not peeing myself yay (laughs) for all Um, you moms you understand how huge that is oh my god yeah absolutely so Harry's two on the weekend Um, and finally, here we are almost two years later, I can, I can run again. So, you know, it's like, it's a beautiful journey and it's not without, it's not without the ups and the ups and the downs, but, um, yeah. So, so that was kind of it. Like I, I, I realized that I realized and I recognized and I accepted that I was the common denominator in, you know, why I hadn't had deep connections why I was constantly, you know, searching externally for validation for who I was, what I was doing, what I was creating, what I was hoping to be when, you know, in the lack of worthiness. And and all I really needed was to turn inward. 
I, um, I appreciate yeah. how much you say too. And if the listeners didn't catch this, something that really stuck out to me was two years later, like the, your journey and anybody's journey out there, like, please listen and really truly hear this. It is not a quick fix. There yeah. is nothing about that. You have to continue to work day in and day out on that for two years or more. Yeah. But that progress mm-hmm. comes. Th- that's a hundred percent correct. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's, it's for me, like for like with all of my coaching, you know, back when, you know, back when I was, you know, we had the gym and I was coaching women. It, I've never been about the quick fix. Like I've never been about that. There was that pocket of time post Harry where I was like, right, I'm going to try everything. I'm going to do everything. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do the fast and, because I was in that mindset, but I, I definitely am a firm believer that you do need to be taking small steps forward. Um, you know, doing the work, the action, going to the gym, eating healthy for a period of time, like your body is built to adapt, but it like, it doesn't adapt in a 14 day period on a butts and thighs program. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And not only that, but it's not sustainable. Like you just can't keep that. You can't keep that shit up. And that's why everyone's on the roller coaster and the negative mindset. And I'm a failure because I can't complete it. And then I quit again. And it's, you know, it's that forever. I'm forever on this cycle. Yeah. That's just the setup for everybody to fail is to start with the expectations that in 14 days or X amount of days that everything is going to be better. Yeah. It's a lifestyle and a mindset shift instead. And something that you are continuing to work on just because you had this wonderful empowering moment today where you were running. It doesn't mean that, Oh, the chapter's done. And now you're done with the self-love and the work because you just have it conquered. Like I'm assuming we're still working on that every day going forward. 110%. And I just got goosebumps when you said that because I am moving through, oh my God, I'm going to cry. It's hard right now because um, I know there is uh, a new self-love journey ahead of me when I have my implants removed. Um, I don't have any breast tissue. I like, you know, I don't have any breast tissue of my own. I've breastfed two kids. Um, There's a lot of loose skin even with implants. So I'm sure you can imagine that when they come out, um, you know, it's kind of going to be like a wet plastic bag situation on my chest. <laughs> and I am every day now when I look in the mirror, I, I'm seeing my breasts, but I am fearful of the journey ahead and learning to love my new body um, because I know the pain that comes up when you do go through that. Um, and so it's kind of like, I'm excited to get my health back and I'm excited for, you know, all of that kind of beautiful flow and effect. And not only that, but you know, the deeper transformation, but, um, my body's going to change again and I'm going to have to learn to love it again. And, and, and yes, there's another piece of the puzzle ahead of me. So, yeah. Do you think that this journey that you're about to embark on would have been, possible if you wouldn't have gone through everything prior to no no not at all 
I mean, it would have been possible, but I don't know what the outcome would have been. Whereas the the outcome, I know there is going to be the utmost love and gratitude for my body at the end of it. The thing that is that I accept is that there will be some pain coming up. You know, there is going to be a lot of uh, emotional healing to to move through and I'm going to feel some emotions again that, um, you know, I really haven't felt for probably like 18 months now. Um, and that's okay because I'm equipped now. I have this beautiful tool belt, you know, that I share with my clients and, and that I do continually use, like you say, but I have this tool belt and I know that it's not going to be as big of a journey as what it was initially. A very different mindset and a very different perspective coming on this end of it. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I'm so thankful for that. And we will all be watching as you share, I'm assuming your journey and those ups and those downs with everybody, because that's authentically Shan, just who you are and the power that you have with other women. Yeah, 100%. And thank you. Yeah. And and I'm actually writing a book on my journey. Oh. So um, I want to be able to write it from a perspective um, to be speaking to that 21-year-old girl who who didn't think she was worthy enough and uh, in the hope that it, it saves another 21-year-old girl. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm sharing it. <laughs> Which there's so much power in that. There's so much power when somebody's able to open up and share that vulnerability and those struggles of a time when you were lost and alone and probably ashamed and not in a space where you wanted to have those conversations. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly it. You had mentioned your coaching. What does your coaching look like? So my coaching, like I said, you know, my highest intention is to inspire women into action and to not let their fears, their body, their relationship, their kids hold them back from stepping into who they are and creating what they really want to create in their life. Um, And so I work very holistically with my clients now. Um, it's, it's, It's life coaching. And, you know, wellness coaching in a very deep kind of journey. So it's all about really recognizing like where they're at and helping them to accept what they're probably not ready to look at or they're ready to look at it and I help them go there. So they haven't been ready in the past. So we go to those places. We go to that vulnerable place. I help them get honest with the actions and the thoughts and the behaviors that is holding them back from gaining a new perspective on their life. So, yeah, so we gain the new perspective and then we take action and we take aligned action to the new beliefs and the new new identity, really, that they want to step into. Um, and so, you know, not only do I look at, because my background, like we look at nutrition, how are your sex hormones operating? Are you getting enough sleep? If not, why not? Um, I was just talking sex toys with one of my clients um, last week, actually. Um, so it's kind of like nothing's really off the table. I really want to be as open and transparent as I possibly can to be able to 
give my clients the permission to also be as open as possible because it's only from that space that they can transform. So yeah, it's even like including fitness programs and, and then, you know, I've obviously built an online business living in Italy and I do work with a lot of my clients in once they build that confidence within themselves, they have the internal validation. And if they do want to start something in the online space, then I'm going to help them do that and, you know, share the strategies and, and what has really helped to grow my business. So, yeah, it's like this all encompassing thing. I was going to say just the most perfect one step shop of let's look at your health as a whole, not just the physical space, not the mental or emotional space, but how do we combine everything as to one big unit? Exactly. Yeah. Because I, I can feel it that you're going to really resonate with this, but it's definitely, you know, if you're not showing up for one area in a specific way, but you're trying to show up in another area in this like more powerful way, the area that is lacking is going to pull that down. So we kind of have to look at ourselves like if you, I I don't know if this, you know, is going to resonate, but like a bar graph, like if you look at a bar graph and, and each bar is, you know, your, your sex life, your intimacy, your relationship, your, your parenting, your fitness, your health, your sleep, like all of that. And each one of those can go to a hundred percent. And you have the ability to fill each one of those to a hundred percent. Sure. Sometimes one's going to ebb and another one's going to flow. But if you kind of look at it like that, if you were to look at your life like that, you know, which areas are lacking because that will flow onto other areas. I think that's so true. And I mean, that's the example of with so many women that I talked to and myself included, you know, it was, you worked really hard in the physical space to have this body that you thought would bring you joy and happiness. Yes. No matter how small you were or strong you were or whatever way you looked, there was never that idea or that feeling of being fulfilled because on the emotional side or another part of that health journey was lacking. Yeah. So to really love and appreciate all of it, you do have to work on all of it. You do have to tap into all of the things, especially the things that are not working. Exactly. And those are the places we often don't want to go because we don't want to acknowledge the truth. Well, who wants to work on stuff that doesn't feel good? Like, I don't want to do stuff yes! that doesn't feel – I want to do the stuff that's easy. Right. Though, although on the other side of that is like this magical land with unicorns and rainbows and everyone's eating lollipops and it's really beautiful there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Once you do all the hard work, then you do get the reward. Yes. Yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Shan, where can everyone find you? Because I know they are going to be dying to, one, check out your amazing Instagram and your adorable kids and family. And (laughs) tap in more to your journey and what your coaching really looks like. Yeah, you guys can find me um, on Instagram. My handle is at she underscore with Shannon. So my business is she and helping women to become the most strong, healthy, and empowered. And I'm on Facebook. I have a free Facebook community. Um, it's called She with Shannon. And uh, 
yeah, I have some epic free trainings and things like that going down in there. And I encourage you, if you do want to come join the community, please come hang out, answer the questions as you, as you enter the community. And I just want to let you know, like that space is this, it's a safe space for my women. Um, and we are each other's biggest cheerleaders in there. So if you are willing to cheer on other women and celebrate their successes and be there as they move through, you know, the ebbing, then I do want to encourage you to come hang out with us. Yeah, it's pretty fun. So exciting. And all that information will be in the show notes. So everybody can make sure to get exactly where they're looking to go and get to. This has been absolutely brilliant. I really appreciate you having me on. Oh, this has been such a wonderful chat. And I know that you have touched so many more lives by just sharing what you have to share and just being your vulnerable and raw self here. Thank you so much. I hope we haven't gone too far over time. No, and and we always have time for some rapid fire questions. So you are getting stuck on with just a couple more coming for you. (laughs) Okay, hit me. All right. So I always like to know, what is everybody's favorite way to unplug? Oh, well, since we've been in the Alps, I've actually got back into some snowboarding. And so um, that has been my favorite way to unplug since we since we moved here. And I've had the ability to get back on a snowboard. Ooh, that one sounds good. Get outside and beautiful. Yeah. Oh my gosh, how can you beat the beauty of the Swiss Alps? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love it. I, any anything anything really movement related for me, it gets me out of my head and into my body and and allows me to, you know, release. So, definitely movement. What is one of your non-negotiables when it comes to your health? My apple cider vinegar and pink salt shot in the morning followed followed by a big glass of water. Mm. And yeah. what is your super weapon? My super weapon. I would hope that now, oh my God, I'm going to cry. I would hope that now it is just by me having that internal validation to be worthy enough to share my story that I do inspire those women into action. That, that, that I believe is now my superpower. You don't have to hope. I know that is a very valid fact. (laughs) And I always finish up with asking, what does being fierce mean to you? Oh my God. It's owning who you fucking really are. <laughs> perfect. Yes. That's the perfect definition right there. Yes. It's just knowing who you are, loving who you are and being unapologetic about every single aspect of you. Like that's it. Thank you so much for listening to the fit and fierce podcast. If you enjoyed it, please head over to iTunes, subscribe and download so you never miss an episode and drop me a rating and review. It's the best way to support the show and to keep more episodes coming your way. See you next time.